1: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you.
0: This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey, everyone. This is David. Welcome back, Behind the Velvet Robe. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by legend, real housewife of Beverly Hills, $25,000 sunglasses maven, legend, icon, the one, the only, Miss Dana Wilkie. (laughs) Wow. What an intro. (laughs)
1: I'm super excited about myself right
0: now. <laughs> well, I mean, Dana, this is behind the velvet rope. We try to get you excited about your appearances, you know? <laughs> love it. Love it. And you know, so we're, I- well, how are you? Yes. How are you? Oh,
1: well, I am doing, I'm doing fabulous. Um, I'm, yeah. I, I just want you to know that I've moved now from LA. You know, I live in Miami now. Did you know that?
0: Well, I didn't know that until you told me the other day when we were trying to schedule this and you said East Coast time and I was like, what?
1: Yeah. Have you ever been here? Do you come to Miami ever?
0: Well, it's really funny. I was going to tell you on this podcast because when we haven't had a chance to speak, I, we, we need to hang because I'm probably coming to Miami sometime between January, February or March. I know that's very vague, but we're in a vague state of affairs now, aren't we? But I'm, I'm coming in the next like three months. Do you have friends here or are you just coming to party? Tons of friends there. Thought of almost moving there for the winter because, you know, here's COVID and here's New York City. There's nothing going on. And everybody's there. And, you know, I have a lot of housewife friends there too. I'm friends with a lot of the Miami girls.
1: Are you serious? Yeah. There's one that everyone's always talking about the one that's friends with Kim Kardashian.
0: Larsa Pippen. I am not friends with her. I wish I was friends with Miss Pippen.
1: Yeah, she's controversial. She'd be good to be friends with for your podcast.
0: <laughs> she, she would be. She would be good friends to be with. You know, I mean, she's not friends with Kim anymore. But anything that could get me close to a Kardashian, I, I'm willing to throw myself in front of a bus for. Her. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, this is the Kardashians. I mean, that's like the big time, but I do have a lot of friends there. So if I come down there, we need to hang.
1: So can I ask a question? Because I didn't know something about you. Uh, you know, I listened to your podcast in the past, especially the Cedric one, as you know. But um, yes. I was curious, I found out that you were a bachelor on Millionaire Matchmaker. Is
0: that true? <laughs> Is that what you want to lead with, Dana? Yes. Oh, my God. Okay, so listen. How about this? I promise you, promise you, before we get off, I'm I'm not dodging that question. I will tell you all about that. But see, you know why I'm waiting on that? Because that gets to like later on, I want to talk about how you've kind of reinvented yourself. You are now, like you have your pulse on the gossip yourself. You have a podcast. You are seriously a super sleuth and spy. So I don't know how you found that out about me. Not that it's (laughs) that hard to find out, but- I will answer that, and you really get into everything, and you find out everything. But before we get to that answer, yes, and before we get to you, because I want to talk about you and Beverly Hills, we are going to have to talk about the $25,000 sunglasses. Even though you've reinvented yourself, we have to do some nostalgia for a few minutes. No problem. But before we get there, before we get there, I want to talk about a current topic that is on everyone's mind. The one, the only Miss Erica Jane and Tom Girardi. I actually want to start with just getting this out of the way and talking about it. Because this this ties into you, because you, everyone needs to follow you on Instagram, which we'll get into later. You really have become a gossip maven yourself. And I want to get into later what you choose to cover and not cover. But I know that you really are on, I've learned more about the Erica and Tom divorce and legal proceedings from you than any political commentator, lawyer, newspaper journalist (laughs) out there. I I literally don't listen to lawyers and I don't listen to, I I go to your Instagram. So you seem to know a lot about what's going on. So can we spend a few minutes talking about Erica and Tom?
1: Absolutely, let's do it.
0: What do you want to know? Okay, well, first of all, let's just go over some facts. So they have a 32 year age difference. They get married. He finds her in a club. We all know about that. They're a happy couple. He basically, you know what it is? It's like that human league song. Don't you want me?
1: Wait, he didn't find her in a club. He found her supposedly at Chasen's. This is what her book said anyway.
0: Which is what? That's where she stripped?
1: No. Oh my God.
0: See, this is what, well, listen,
1: we've got to get our facts straight peeps. Okay.
0: (laughs) Well, that's listen, Dana. I, first of all, I drink a lot of vodka. Let's just start with that fact. (laughs) Oh, I I love vodka, honey. It's great. Second of all, low carb. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Thank you. It is the diet drink. That's why I choose it. Second of all, I did read the book, but I can't remember all these things. Okay. So tell me where he met her.
1: So he met her at Chasen's, which was a private club Uh, in Beverly Hills. Actually, I was a member. I was one of the few uh, female members of Chasen's.
0: What was Chasen's like? Like what type of club?
1: It was, um, it was a, a you know it was designed i'm trying to remember who was it that was the founder he was involved with like kentucky fried chicken or something <laughs> he was like um who it
0: was it oh that's going to bother me it'll come it, to me but it wasn't like a gentleman's club right it was just like a going No it, it was a
1: private it was a private uh club it was like decadent you know people went there they they it was kind of when all the private clubs were coming up in beverly hills with cigars and wine um you know uh. Uh, what's his name? Oh God, I'm having like a brain.
0: That's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing like red, red carpets and black boots and Who's the guy who has a
1: really good tan? Remember the guy- George Hamilton. Yes, thank you. George Hamilton started with his club in Beverly Hills and we used to all go there and that was a private club. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger had his club and that was another one. So Chasen's was just like part of this group. But um, it was started by like an old family. And originally Chasen's had been like a big entertainment restaurant that people had gone to and it shut down. And this was like a reinvention of it um, by the grandson, as I recall. And so we used to go and you'd have like nice food and drinks and there was always really epic people there. And But I was lucky because it was an expensive membership. And I was working at the time for a company, so they uh, paid for my membership fee, and because I was like a little Dana at that time, a little cute little Dana.
0: <laughs> and is, um, is that your nice way of saying that you were broke because you were younger? Yeah, and
1: exactly, I was little.
0: <laughs> I get it. Listen, we all start from humble beginnings, you know.
1: Well, yeah. So I had like a mixed beginning, you know. Like I have, you know, the the dichotomy of my dad who was well off and my mom who was like a high school English teacher from Boston. So um, I had both upbringings, interestingly, but- um, Believe it
0: or not, so did I. My parents are divorced and my father has all the money and my mother has humble background.
1: So you understand. Actually, uh, one of the things not to jump around was when I was young, my mom got in a car accident when I was 10 years old and uh, I was living with her. She had sold custody of me and she went um, into a coma and she was in like a sort of semi awake state for two years. And then all of a sudden she passed away and I went to live with my dad in Manhattan and was instantly thrusted into the most pretentious blue blood social circuit known to man and in fact went to Nightingale Bamford on nine. 97- oh my God. Yeah.
0: Can I just tell you, well, first of all, I'm sorry to hear about your mother. Thank you. Second of all, I have a show coming up. I'm not going to reveal what it is, but it's about the Upper East Side. People could think about like, but you could have come on for that too. Oh God, I have so many things to talk to you about. Okay, go on. (laughs) You're like the real life New York City prep gossip girl before it's time.
1: That's actually correct. So what happened was I went to Nightingale and I was with some amazing... Women in my school. Um, and we all hung out together. So the girls from Spence and Sacred Heart, you know, we kind of all, you know, hung out and got into trouble together. But I was actually kind of like went through a Drew Barrymore phase where I was going to like nightclubs at like 15. Or no, no, I was younger, probably 13.
0: It happens. Bethany yeah. Frankel did too. So you're, you know, you're in good company.
1: Yeah, I think I went to Mars, I want to say. That was the club we went to in Limelight. Anyway, that's aging me, but whatever. So, I'm like 13, you know, doing this and my parent my dad was like, "Oh my god, you know, her mom died, she's gone off the rails." You know, like, I've got to get her out of here. So, he moved me to Greenwich, Connecticut to try to like, I guess, get me back on the right path again.
0: Okay. Um,
1: yeah. And then I did really well in Greenwich, um, but then my dad and I had a huge falling out, and I left home at 15.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I moved to a friend's house in Greenwich, and I lived with her. And uh, then I went to LA to attend USC, and, um, and I did political science and a minor in business, And then I started my company that was an ad agency. And that's how it all began for little Wilkie, as I like to call myself.
0: Well, first of all, for people who don't know, Greenwich, Connecticut is living with a friend. You know, that is also not a bad way. You know, Greenwich is the wealthy suburb of New York in Connecticut, basically. So that's not like the worst way to go. But yes, for having a fallout with your father is not great. But that's very less than zero of you. Is that yeah, how your life? No, was? I
1: totally. I'm sort of like exactly.
0: See now I'm dating myself.
1: <laughs> I really, you know, it, it was it was part of the culture. I mean, we were going to these in New York. We were going to these cotillions, and it, you know that they don't card in New York. No. no one does ever, and so you know we would go get like you know two beers or whatever, and we would drink them, and then we'd go to cotillion. But these people's parents, you know, I went to school with. People like Hope Perlman, Ron Perlman's daughter from Revlon and, you know, Steuben Glass daughter and a whole bunch of, you know, really like holy moly families. So they weren't tolerating, you know, tolerating my shenanigans basically.
0: <laughs> and you stayed in LA right, I mean, through until you moved now to... Miami.
1: No. Then I was I was in L.A. for 22 years. You know, jumping around. I lived in Santa Barbara. I lived in Malibu. I lived in all the best places, Orange County. <laughs> like, and then, um, and then I moved to London because I was offered a pilot called Rich and Ditched, and I went there. Oh. Yeah, and I lived in London in Chelsea. Okay. Um, yeah, and I lived in a famous footballer's house, and he had cheated on his wife in the house which is how come he put it up for rent which was like but it was always covered by like you know photographers and stuff because of the scandal because he was part like a a Chelsea footballer or whatever. So anyway that was interesting and um and then I moved to Miami to be with my family. My dad and mom were
0: here. So you've been all over. Yeah. Well Okay. So we're going to come back to you in a second. So just getting back to Erica for a second, because I just oh, figured, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's just get this out of the way, because like I am enthralled sorry. with your, no, I'm enthralled <laughs> with your Instagram, but I really, we, I have a lot to ask you about yourself too. So, okay. So he met her at Chasen's, they were married, blah, blah, blah. We've all seen it play out on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Now they're having this divorce.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry. So what happens is, He's a member at Chasen's, she works at Chasen's, and in fact, like was a waitress there and I remember her. She was charismatic, yeah, I do. And she was charismatic and very sweet, and I do remember her. Um, And I mean, I don't know how she ended up hooking up with this super old dude, but I guess she had a kid, so that would make sense. And, you know, he was, you know, probably, I don't know, what would you call that? Like, you know, when you're powerful or whatever. Yeah. And, and so she, um, I, you know, she moves into this amaz- amazing life. And right,
0: because he, I mean, he, she waited on him and he asked her out, do you remember anything else about her? Listen, shh. do you think she knew what she was doing? Like, okay, this guy's in my table every night. Like, let me land him.
1: Oh, for sure. Oh, no, you 100%. Do. Oh, yeah. But that's not you know, unique to Erica, like 99% of the good looking girls in LA are there to, you know, basically land a position of power through a guy, unfortunately. And I mean, I hate to say it, but when I had my business, I was actually, you know, really, it was really unusual for a girl in LA to have a business. So... (laughs) You know, it was like I actually had a different level of clout with a lot of the powerful guys there because they were like, oh, Dana's not one of those girls. She's got like a business and she doesn't need anything from me, basically. So I got to be friends with a lot of them.
0: You don't remember Tom coming in though, right? Like I think you remember her, but you don't remember him, do you? I wouldn't.
1: No, I wouldn't remember him. He's not like, I would have just, didn't
0: matter how much power he
1: had. I would just have not noticed him.
0: (laughs) Sorry. I, listen, you're just being honest. So, I mean, they're getting this divorce, obviously. And I mean, do you think, so, I mean, obviously, I mean, everyone thinks it's a sham. Like, is there any, like you think it's a sham too, right?
1: Well, no, I, my position on Erica getting the divorce wasn't that it was a sham. They came up with the sham concept as a way that Erica was trying to hide assets was the allegation being made. And I don't think that that, that was what she was doing. In fact, I think she was trying to separate herself from the debt um, cascade that she knew was coming, you know, that she wouldn't drown in it. And so because it's a 50-50 state in California and she had no prenup, I would imagine that her biggest concern was to inherit the debt that he was going to inherit as his partner, which then would bankrupt her,
0: right? Right. So you really think that, you don't think that Tom and Erica, you know, Mr. Girardi, who people say is one of the most brilliant lawyers around, and Aaron Brockovich, you don't think they sat up one night and said- we're in this together and this is what we need to do? You think this is like a real divorce?
1: Oh yeah, 100%. I do, I think that this is a real divorce that came from survival. I believe Erica's survival mechanism kicked in. She's had a tough life. There's no question about it. A young mom, you know, having a baby that young, working as a go-go dancer before Chasen's, then working as like a waitress, like that's a tough time. And, you know, This was, I think, you know, I think she has a survivor instinct and she saw this coming down the path and was like, I've got to get out now, quick,
0: as quick as I can. Like, let me leave this man to save myself. Wait, I have another question. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? For me, listen, I love being the host of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, but bringing you guys, five shows a week, tracking down the top Bravo liberties to bring you new creative content every day, that causes me stress. It causes me anxiety. I'm not even going to get into the lack of sleep or lack of a relationship. So I needed somewhere to turn. And for me, I turned to BetterHelp. I love BetterHelp because it's professional counseling right from the comfort of your own home. What they do is they match you with a licensed it has caused me some issues and BetterHelp really is a lifesaver. Right now, if you guys also want to start living a happier life, as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash velvetrope. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, hel slash velvetrope.
1: Whether it's vapes as big as your head, flowers you won't find in your mom's garden, or of course, popsicles that get you high as... What are you waiting for? Go to indacloud.co slash spring24 and get discreet delivery on top shelf THC products. Head over to indacloud.co slash spring24. That's co.com to snag 30% off your first order. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what I think. And I don't think that... Um, Their position ever was a marriage of, you know, like a true love where you fall in love with someone in a similar age range and you have a lot in common. I think it was always like maybe a daddy thing. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, take care of me. And when that role couldn't be fulfilled anymore, I think maybe she lost some of
0: that feeling for him maybe years ago, you know, when it started to fall apart. Well, I mean, is that your nice way of saying Erica loved him just for money? Well, I mean,
1: what do you think? <laughs> you tell well, me what you think based on what well, I'm saying. <laughs>
0: Love. Well, <laughs> I'm asking you. I'd like to I already feel I already have a whole different opinion about a lot of things you said.
1: Okay, so let's hear yours really quick. Go.
0: Well, I mean, I <laughs> I just assumed I have a much more sinister view of this, of that they're in it together. And they that Erica came home one night from filming and the lights were out and Tom was sitting at a table with a candle lit and said, sit down, I need to talk to you. And Erica says, what's wrong? You're scaring the fuck out of me. He's like, sit down. And then he says, this is what has to happen. Like we have to do, you know, because if they are divorced, then if they're divorced and she gets all his money, then... David there is no
1: money love. Well That's there's why. no money
0: now. Yeah. No there's
1: no money. I mean if he let's just be really clear. There it, at no point did Tom go to Erica, listen, there's no way, you know, I'm going to get away with what's happening to me. There's no way he was like, you know, I've got this Swiss account somewhere that I've got, you know, hidden my assets. Like when you're at this level of problems with litigation involving companies like Boeing, like you're not you know your bank statements will be scrutinized in every facet <laughs> to a degree yes. that you can't fathom there is no moving money like an imaginary you know tv show csi whatever to 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 get away from that he, he there was just never that conversation in fact i would say that he probably hid it for from her for a while but what what doesn't what does bother me about the situation is that one of the companies that was involved um, in some of this sketchy stuff was Girardi Financial. And Girardi Financial um, has Erica listed as a secretary and a director on the company. So if she indeed was involved at that level with that company, then I would you know, say that it's gonna be really hard for her to distance her knowledge of what was transpiring because legally she's responsible to a degree as a secretary for compliance of a company.
0: So you think Erica knew what was going on?
1: Well, I think that there's serious public evidence that states that she may have. Yeah. Now I, he I could have defrauded so. he could have defrauded her. Now let's not go like, you know, we have to weigh out everything, right? So he could have defrauded her and put her name on the company as a secretary without her permission. On and made her a director without her knowledge. But again, the bank statements don't lie. If she, you know, if he put $20 million through a company that she was involved in and then had another company that she was involved in and there's any, you know, they're going to want to ask the question of, Erica, what did he tell you these funds were for or from rather, right? And she's going to have to have an answer for that because you have a fiduciary duty to a certain degree as a director of a company to ask that question, right? <laughs> Where
0: totally did the money right. come
1: from? Even if it's your husband at that level at 20 million, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there it is.
0: <laughs> so when Erica says that she's unaware of these allegations and, you know, all this embezzlement and all of this, you don't believe her.
1: Well, no, I'm looking at the evidence that's floating out there and I'm deriving my own assessment based on that, which is, I hope, I actually can't draw that conclusion as of yet. That's not me skirting, it's being honest. You can't, unless, if he defrauded her like he did these other people, which there is a pattern of, then, you know, I think she shares in a in a responsibility of being irresponsible meaning she's been negligent in not knowing how her, her husband's been conducting business with entities she's related to but to go across that line into criminality which is what you, you know in an indirect way you would be saying if i said that she you know knew that the funds were coming from a bad place i don't yeah. have that you know i can't go there yet I can't go there yet. I can just say that there's evidence to show that she should have known. How about that
0: I think that's fair. Well, you're being way more judicious than most of the American public
1: I saw that I saw did you see my post the other night on my Instagram about the fans calling for her to be fired, and then I started a discussion about it with my my friends on there?
0: I did see that I mean. What was the consensus and how do you feel? Do you think she should be fired?
1: Well, it was most of the people who said that she shouldn't be fired was on the basis they wanted to see the drama play out on the television show because they sort of felt like we didn't get much out of her for the last three years. So like now there's some good stuff and we're not going to see it. Like that's unfair, but more like almost like taking, you know, someone out into like an arena and having a lion eat them and watch it. You know, that was kind of the attitude.
0: Um, Right, right. It wasn't
1: really like, oh, let her keep her job from a nice perspective. A lot of people brought up that the creditors will get her paycheck. Um, So they brought that, you know, aspect up because uh, her money is still technically part of the marriage. Right. That was interesting. And um, a lot of people were like, "Fire her! I don't want to see her spending money on camera in her glamorous outfits. It makes me want to puke because it came from, you know, plain victims."
0: Yes, 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 and yes. I mean, I agree with a lot of that. I do think maybe the money will be garnished, you know. But do when and I and I get that most people that don't want her fired wanna see this play out but i guess those two questions then do you think we're going to see any of this on the show
1: well if it goes criminal i'd say absolutely not um you know but if it goes if it stays in civil then there's a chance you will but it will be generally i think around her showing the fans that she didn't know what was going on and to try to kind of redeem herself in their eyes so that they could move forward with her.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess I don't understand. Well, I mean, look, there's a lot of other people that have done things, and I'm not saying she doesn't deserve to be fired. I'm not taking a position, but there's a lot of other people in the Bravo history that haven't been fired for doing things.
1: Well, to be honest with you, Bravo doesn't like legal problems. That's the truth, okay? With Teresa Jurdis, it was unusual because she was such an integral She was like what I would call the secret producer, okay, of a show, which means they formed a show around Teresa, right? So, in the beginning, when they're formulating the show and they start to piece together the cast, they have like a key person that they start with. And that would have been Teresa. So, to have, you know, to not allow that to, with her saying it's okay play out on the show would have basically destroyed the show to a certain degree unless they had like a, a, like a serious replacement. But I think it would have destroyed the franchise. So I don't think Bravo really had a choice. But I don't think generally, believe it or not, they, they like to be involved with any legal issues. They don't.
0: That makes sense. So right. So what you're saying is, which I think might be a good point, like I, mean, I think it is a good point, you're saying like Teresa really is the whole show of New Jersey and that's the difference between her and Erica.
1: Yes, exactly. Kyle Richards would be Teresa in that in the the Housewives franchise that that's Beverly Hills,
0: right? And they paused the whole damn show for a year while Teresa was in jail. So I mean, that proves your point right there.
1: Yeah, they didn't have a choice. They really didn't. It was goodbye to the show, or you know.
0: Do you think Erica is like in jeopardy of being fired?
1: It uh, depends on what comes out. I mean. They obviously they can take any position as things play out, right? Based on the agreement that they have. They could definitely say, um, you know, we've decided. But but I don't think they would ever not use her. They would just use her up to a certain point and then all of a sudden she'd be like gone. Right. I mean, that's what would happen. They wouldn't just like forget like the 10 episodes they shot already. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't right. they they don't do that. What they do is adjust the content. Actually. I was watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City last night, and I saw that Mary is a little bit less involved this week in the episode. Now, if that continues, that's kind of a that shows that maybe they're not as comfortable with some of the stuff that's come out about Mary and her church and all that. Um, you know, following the launch of the show, so they might be in the edits doing slight adjustments, or you know, they might just be sort of sort of tuning her out a little bit. That's are you me.
0: referring to Mary's breakdown where she says that she doesn't like being around poor people and they didn't give enough in the church which
1: well yeah there i mean there's yes basically yeah, that right? she's been begging yeah that that essentially she's been asking people to pay you know their entire salary under a church for her lifestyle that is you know what the gossip is that's floating around and there's quite significant you know testimony from relatives and um, ex congregationers and the like, you know, to make you really take pause, including that. Um, you know, on my Instagram, I posted that video that someone had um, put together of, of, of a person who had recorded what they believe was her speaking to her congregation, demanding more money, saying they were cheap, that they weren't going to heaven, and all this stuff.
0: Right. That's yeah. where I saw it. Yeah. You know what? I didn't even realize that? Because I mean, I watched last night Salt Lake, but you're right. She was hardly in the show.
1: Correct. And so now, you know, we'll see, is that a trend? Because that means they're starting to ice her out. You know, they're isolating her from the group. They're going to shoot her, but they're going to, you know, kind of put her over there. You know,
0: <laughs> I have some experience with that. So <laughs> um, yes, you do. And that is what they did with below deck med this past season with the person who came out that, he, yeah, he had some issues in his past. So you think technically that's what they would do with Erica if this came to, okay, you've engaged in criminal activity. You think they'll just like phase her out? Yes. Yes. And like, to your point, they would still use the footage they have. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. That's what I think they would do. And then they just would probably not renew her contract next season. And then if she wanted to come back, what she would do is she would call the producers at Evolution and she'd say, listen, you know, my problem has been resolved to a certain degree. I want to come back free to show the fans, you know, who I am, what happened, would you shoot it? And then the producers would say, sure, why don't you call Kyle, you know, and arrange it or, you know, or she might call Kyle and say, hey, Kyle, I'd like to... Shoot with you, even though I'm not on the show anymore. This is hypothetical. And that she would say, you know, be able to download on Kyle so that the fans would know what, what happened.
0: That makes sense.
1: If she wanted, or she'd just disappear, like some people do.
0: Do you think that her posting, I mean, well, I guess this do you really think that there was an affair or multiple affairs?
1: Well, I mean, it was interesting. There was a lot of gossip surrounding that, um, and for a while, I was really like keen on that gossip. <laughs> I was really excited about it, but it didn't really play out. So now I'm kind of wondering if it was just people getting excited about something that you know didn't happen. I don't know. I mean, it's just at, right now there hasn't been any further substantiation of that gossip you know, there were two guys that everybody were was really into. And one of them seemed to appear in public after his marriage fell apart with a different girl. And the other one, I mean, we just would never know, honestly. So I don't, yeah. And if, you know, I you have to go to my Instagram for that because I'm not going there today.
0: No, you have a lot on your Instagram, but what about, okay, so we won't go there today, but what about like Judge Trisha Bigelow? Like, do you think, like, I mean, Erica released these messages, which were then taken down. Like, do you believe all those messages? I mean, they look like they were from a phone from a long time ago.
1: Well, there was, there's a few things about the phone, right? So uh, there, are, they, it did appear to be from an old phone, and then there were different You know, assessments that people made of the time period of the phone, if you want to get really granular about it, which I won't kill people with, but there were lots of different years that people were saying the phone was from, okay? And they were justifying that in different ways. But um, one other uh, assessment was that Tom may just be really old, which he is, and he can't use a smartphone, and that he used that phone like a jitterbug-type phone Um, where like elderly people require like an older functioning phone. So that was something that was thrown out. Another person said he's been using like a phone because it's a burner phone. (laughs) Like it really was really interesting, but either way, obviously there was some affair that has occurred because of, I'm only doing that based on what the judge said, because she came out and said, well, I've been friends with him during this period, um, you know, which was a while ago, and, and I think her main point was that I didn't cheat on her current husband, but it would seem that she had some relationship with Tom, and I guess from the pictures and what you're seeing that Erica posted, you know, it was a romantic one,
0: kind of. And then here's another question I have for you, and then we'll move on because we have we have to talk about you and a lot of other things. But you know, Erica, there's now there's did you see this? That well, two things. Did you see that? Trisha, the rumor is Trisha now has her own lawyer and is saying that that's now harassment by Erica and her posting these and coming after her that Trisha's lawyer's like, I'm going to fucking sue Erica if she doesn't back the fuck off.
1: No, she's never suing Erica. That's just bullshit. I'm sure she said it, but it's bullshit. And the reason that's bullshit is because can you imagine a judge going through the type of affidavits that would be generated in a case like this? So Erica would come out and do a play-by-play of how she believes the judge hypothetically had an an affair with her husband, which calls into question a judge is held at a higher threshold than all human beings because she has a fiduciary duty as a court-appointed officer to be awesome, like godlike. So she's going to now allow to play out in court that she was helping a man who was legally married cheat on his wife. What does that say about the judge's character? I say that she isn't going to do that because she wouldn't want the affidavits that would come out to be publicized in any way, shape, or form. Because even if they weren't true, they would be out there and that would hurt a judge's reputation. In fact, her best thing, I believe, is to just be quiet and to just do nothing and just let this fade away into the abyss.
0: (laughs) That's what I would do, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But also, you know what I find weird? I don't know. You could disagree with me, but like, other than these random posts that appear on Erica's Instagram for 20 minutes and are taken down. And every time they appear now, people are like, you better take a screenshot because she's going to take it down because she doesn't want to like dirty up her feed. Now there's a lot of like the courts. I read some article this morning. I don't know if you read this. The courts were like, we might go after Erica. Something about her Instagram. I mean, it is true. Like, the way she's posting on her Instagram, don't you find that bizarre? Like, to, Is that like a message to us of like, don't worry about me, guys. I'm fine. I mean, she's posting glam 24 no, hours a day. No,
1: I know. Okay. So I do not, and I, I cannot understand what she's doing on her Instagram. Like she did the Game of Thrones post. I mean, what was that? Like she's the, the, the dragon queen or something? Like, I don't get it. So what does that mean? And like I'll survive this, like the war. She doesn't survive, by the way. If you watch Game of Thrones, she dies at the end by her lover, which I thought was really weird. (laughs) Like I'm like, why would you use that parallel? Um, You know, so I don't know. I'm I'm very geeky, by the way. But um,
0: that's okay. We still (laughs) welcome you here, even though you watch Game of Thrones. But no, I mean I think that that's a like you're you're adding something like. So that's what she she posted. I didn't even get the Game of Thrones reference, and yeah. she posted someone who dies at the end at the hand of their lover.
1: Yeah, but I don't think she meant to. I think she meant to be like queen. You know, here I am, the queen. I don't know, like I, I'm gonna win the war or whatever. I think that was her, her point. Although it was really weird. Um, and then of course all the glam shots are really strange. I don't get it. I just don't understand why she would be presenting that you know, like nothing's happening when it so obviously is. I mean, I just think she should come out and say a position, which is at this time, I can't take a position, but out of respect for the process, I'm going to take a break on Instagram. (laughs) It would only help her. Because if it's going to create mystery around what's happening, which is going to make her all the more popular. But at the same time, she doesn't incriminate herself and civilly or you know, otherwise. And she's also not rubbing, you know if it turns out there is liability, she's not rubbing her high cost fashion glam squad shit on everybody who doesn't want to see it right now because she's, she comes off like a real jerk.
0: And a little tone deaf to what she's going through now.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, do you find it bizarre? Because I find it so bizarre.
1: Yeah, it's strange. But, I mean, did you, did you um, think it was strange that Erica Chahoy, her maiden name, was being still used now? I mean, I know that, I know, wh- you know why she's legally allowed to do that, but I thought that was really weird too.
0: Where's that? I didn't even know that.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to do your homework for you. You're going to have to study Instagram and come back. Oh my God. We'll have to do a follow-up one on this. Yeah. No.
0: (laughs) Is she using it on her actual page?
1: No. What happened was Erica Chahoy, which we joke around, we call her Chips Ahoy. (laughs) Right. So um, she just, uh, you know, she was using her maiden name on some of the legal documents that have been floating around. So people were asking why would she use her, her maiden name? Now she could, obviously. She could be, um, legally, she could be Erica um, Chahoy Girardi, which means if you keep that in your marriage, right, you can actually use legally Erica Chahoy, Erica Girardi, Erica Chahoy Girardi, all legally. That's why a lot of women do that. And in fact, if you get a divorce, it's not a big deal because, you know, you just take off the last name and you don't have to do anything else besides that. Right. So um, anyway, she, um, people were wondering though, why would you still use that name, like to separate yourself from Girardi before you're divorced, right? Right. That's all. That was the little scandal there.
0: And here's another question, because, you know, you go back to like Teresa, you go back to just anyone, like look at everyone, look at people who are, you know, we have two gentlemen who were fired from Vanderpump Rules because of past tweets. You know, you go back to a lot of things in life that if you were not on a reality, and I'm not condoning any of this behavior, let me just make that clear, but you go back to like, if you weren't on a reality show, none of this could have happened. I mean, do you think that is why this is happening. Like, you know, it's expensive to be me, $40,000 a month. I mean, we have all heard that. Like, do you think that's why this happened?
1: I mean, was it amplified because of it? For sure. And, you know, it it definitely being on reality makes you a target for lawsuits. There's no question about it. Okay. Because just the lawyers would tell you like, you know, Suit, so, you know, throw Erica in the lawsuit because um, if you throw her in, the press will be great. They'll be so embarrassed they'll settle. That's how mm-hmm. they'll. That's what a lawyer would say. Okay, right. and um, so that is always going to happen when you're when you have some level of fame. Um, but in this particular case, the the level of corruption surrounding Tom Girardi for the amount of years that this has occurred is just it was going to happen. I mean, you know, it's pretty apparent, as Edelson said, that there is some sort of level of a Ponzi scheme happening here where he's moving money around to pay other people. It's just so, it, it, it's apparent from the legal documents that have been provided in public record. Right. Yeah, but you know what I, I thought was weird was what? that she had a, um, a, a $3 million lien under her maiden name um, which she cleared, but I thought that was unusual. It was I think from two thousand and fifteen, so I mean that shows she probably had some understanding also that there might have been some financial problems looming so
0: interesting yes i i i i mean this is eye opening for me because I had a much different backstory myself, but that 's why it 's like all these lawyers are weighing in, and it 's like. Everyone, like, you just can't predict what's going to happen. Like, if you're, if people think a lawsuit is going to go to the left, trust me. I mean, I'm a lawyer. It's going to go to the right. I don't know if you know this. I'm a lawyer. I don't practice anymore. Whatever.
1: You're a lawyer?
0: Oh my God.
1: (laughs) Shut up. I am. I used to
0: practice corporate tax law, honey.
1: Are you serious? That's the most boring, horrific life. I'm so glad you
0: quit it. <laughs> um, It's beyond. Listen, I'm a nice Jewish girl from Connecticut. And when you're a nice Jewish girl from Connecticut, you just are like... Your parents are like, you can go to law school or med school if you have two choices, and here's your check for college. (laughs) And if you don't choose one of those, I don't know, you're going to have to figure it out and go to college yourself. It wasn't that specific, but let's just say it wasn't that non-specific. So I was like, all right, well, I, I try to dissect a frog one day in biology, and I'm like, this shit's hard. And so I guess I'll just choose box B and go to law school. And the next thing you know, I'm practicing corporate tax law, right? At least we
1: know you can be bought, David.
0: (laughs) Dana, I can be bought. Like, at least I admit it. All right. I love it. Own it. That's all. (laughs) Like, you know how Erica's working at Chasen's and she gets picked up by Tom Girardi? I mean, no shade. No shade, honey. It's like we all have to do what we have to do to get by. You know what I'm saying?
1: Do you have a boyfriend right now?
0: No. Are you going to fix me up?
1: I think I'll have to figure out something. Like we you can't have you single forever. I mean, like,
0: I, I know. You know, at the rate I'm going, that's definitely, I'm definitely on the track to die completely alone on, a, on, a, on like a hospital, in a hospital bed with not one person by my side. It's I, I'm on that path. It'd be nice to not be on that path. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, you need like a quiet guy. You need like a quiet guy that will listen
0: to you talk. One, 100. <laughs> well, do you know that like when I date people, I tend to- yeah. I'm drawn to like a, <laughs> no, I am. Like I'm not drawn to like, first of all, like this is what I do for a living. So I speak to all the people from Bravo and blah, blah, blah. So like, I hate name droppers. Like don't, don't try to, you know, blah, blah, blah. I like very quiet, just reserved people. So it's very, it's a very interesting observation of yours. Cause I am drawn to just very quiet Relaxed people, like let's not go crazy. Let's calm down. I mean, you have to want to drink and have a good time. That's hard to date a non-drinker, Dana. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I do. What are you talking about? <laughs> so it's like you just, but you know, you have to just like just you know, don't don't need things like don't need like just you know. Well, no, like, you can drink,
1: Hold on, now. let's let's say this. Okay, you can date a non-drinker if the non-drinker will let you drink right? Because that's really what it's about is that they will let you have fun. And if you go off the rails, they'll still have fun with
0: you. If you can find
1: that, that's a holy grail. It's,
0: yeah, it's hard to find. It's hard to find. Like they roll their eyes as if you're a fucking alcoholic just because you're having a third goddamn martini for no, the that's,
1: night. Yeah, no, that's not good. Like the the recovering alcoholic who is judgmental. Yeah, no, that's not good. <laughs> that's not ever a good thing. But you know what? They can't, you know, when you're a recovering alcoholic, you can't date for at least a year. So, you you know, recovering alcoholics, you could wait till like a five-year mark and then they're probably less judgmental. <laughs>
0: Yes. So, all right. So you have no thoughts on whether Erica's is a criminal or not, is what you're telling me.
1: No, I gave you everything. You have to make your own decisions. Mom is not going to hand this one oh, to you. <laughs> Dana,
0: Dana, Dana. All right. Well, let's see how this all plays out. I do think it's, you know, there's no way we can all analyze it up front because it's just going to play itself out as we go along.
1: Yeah, no, we're waiting for new news. That's for sure. Like, I'm dying for some announcement, so.
0: Well, what about this? I have another question, just one more question. You know, because this is how I kind of read this, you know, with the, the, the stuff she posted about Trisha. Same thing with Tom. Like, Tom, all of a sudden, I mean, healthy as an ox, films how many seasons of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, travels all over the world, is never on camera, and doesn't show up to see Chicago because he's too busy. On the private jet, all of a sudden, he has health problems. I mean, do you think that's a diversion from this lawsuit that's fake health? I would say,
1: yeah. I mean, I think it has to be, right? <laughs> I mean, right? It's so random. Did you hear the voicemails where I make fun of it on my Instagram? I had to. They were so like ridiculous.
0: Yeah. I did, did you- hear those.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, He definitely. I don't know. He just sounds, He sounds
0: sketchy. He just sounds sketchy. So I think now everything he does is sketchy. <laughs> kind of. And thank you for at least kind of agreeing with me on that, because I think that, I don't know, like he's never had, we've never heard of him having a health problem in his life.
1: Yeah, no, I think he's sketchy. <laughs> I, I mean, think- I, you remember I, I, I actually showed like from A through U of how many people he's done, has lawsuits pending or judgments. Like that's a lot. That's yeah. like t- 20 people that he's defrauded in some way or another or taken money or breach of duty or, I mean, come on, like the guy is sketch.
0: <laughs> he's, he's a little sketch, but all right. So you'll come back on as this goes on switching gears. Cause I think we've beat this to death. So <laughs> let's talk, let's talk for a minute more about you. Let's, let's, let's skip your Miami appearance and I'm glad that you're happy down there in Miami, but let's go back to the time that you landed in LA. So it talked to me when real house, like, did you watch reality TV before like all these housewives came about? Like, was that a part of your life?
1: Yeah, no, I, I didn't watch reality TV and I, um, the show was, you know, season one I was on. So (laughs) it was like, there was no real track record to take a look at, you know?
0: No, there wasn't. Like, do you remember when they were casting Beverly Hills in the beginning? Like, do you, I mean, you do, you remember like the, there was like a buzz around town.
1: Yeah. um, Taylor was a friend of mine before the show. And she um, was telling me that she was trying out for a show and it was about lifestyle and being rich and, you know, Beverly Hills and all this stuff. But it, you know, I had no idea what she was talking about at the time.
0: And then the next thing you know, okay, she's filming, right?
1: Yeah, she starts filming. She's like super excited. She gets it. And um, she says to me, um, would you uh, help me throw a birthday party for my daughter? The infamous
0: like, Taylor's, I think it was like around $60,000 she spent. If my yeah, I think
1: <laughs> Yeah, it was like her four-year-old birthday. And um, we did a tea party theme you know, like Allison in Wonderland. And so she asked me, I don't. I didn't normally do those types of parties, but because I was well-known, you know, did like, you know, I was doing Oscar stuff and I was doing parties related to that and Sundance and Cannes, movie premieres and stuff. That's why she asked me. Just thought it'd be good,
0: fun. And there you are and there you filmed and like, you know, that- And it's weird because I've got brown hair and I'm pregnant actually. Well, can I tell you this? Okay, do you want to hear a funny story? This you'll like. And then we are going to get to your question about me being on Millionaire Matchmaker because I can see you're like when the fuck are we going to talk about that?
1: I'm going to kill you. I need to know. <laughs> no, we're going to get it. We're
0: going to get it. Here, well, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you a funny story now. So, because I have such a leading Bravo podcast behind the velvet rope, people were DMing me. But people DM me all the time like get this person on, get this person on. I appreciate everyone's DMs, but like if someone has a thought, guys, trust me, I've thought of it like seven years ago. By all means, suggest anyone you want, but I mean, I've thought of it. So I started getting all these DMs to check out your Instagram. Like, I'm not kidding you. This is not blowing smoke over your ass. Like a gazillion people in the course (laughs) of like a two week period were telling me to get you on the show. So at first it's like, well, Dana Wilkie, uh, duh, like I fucking have wanted to talk to her for like months. So let me go to this Instagram account. So I went to your Instagram account (laughs) and then I was like, because, well, I don't know if you know this, like I'm friends with these guys. Do you know that there's like Don Gumbelson? It's like a fake Twitter account. Yeah, like, Don. Right. So <laughs> yeah. like, so, so you know those guys, so I'm friends with them. But some people, like some housewives even, like, until you know what's going on, they think that's the real Don Gumbelson and the real Lee Raswell. First of all, Lee Raswell is not even around anymore. But that's not the point. So I went to your Instagram <laughs> because I'm so fucking busy with Behind the Velvet Rope doing 800 things at once. And I just looked at it and like, I'm not having on like a fake Dana Wilkie. I didn't think it was you because you look different than you did on the show.
1: I know everyone Everyone said that.
0: So they were like, this isn't Dana Wilkie. I, I swear <laughs> to God. So I was so excited. And then I was like, oh my God, these people are so like (laughs) stupid. They don't fucking know this isn't the real Dana Wilkie. I'm not going to tell that to people. I'm too busy. Let me go about my business and my life. Then like a week later, all of a sudden, back to back, I get like five messages. No, no, no. Look at this video. She did this. And I was like, this is not the real Dana Wilkie. She wouldn't be on Instagram, like posting about like, Pop culture and Bravo. This is not her, so I'm not reaching out to this person to have some like fake Dana Wilkie on my show. This is behind the velvet <laughs> rope, and we're booked for like months and months and months. I have no time for Dana Wilkie, the, the, the fake, on my show. Then finally, one day, I slowed down and I started really focusing on your Instagram because people kept telling me I need to have you on, and I was like, I, I'm not kidding you. It was like a month and a half later, I was like, Oh my god, like I've wasted a month and a half. Fuck. <laughs> And that's when I reached out to you and I was like, hi, it's me, David. How are you?
1: (laughs) That was awesome. And actually, thank God you did because uh, that's when I learned about your great episode about Cedric, which really touched me. I thought that was an amazing episode. And then I was like, I've got to, I definitely have to go on. You know, I don't do a lot of this. I don't, you know, I... I only choose very specific things that excite me. And your show, Behind the Velvet Rope, excited me. Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald excited me and and Adam's show. And so all of those, you know, but I won't do these, you know, very often.
0: Oh, I know because you're like, I don't do these and you need to come up with something interesting to tell me about. And blah, blah, blah. Dana made me jump through hoops. I did. I did. Because I was like,
1: I don't want to puke out the same bullshit that everybody always hears over and over again, like blah, blah, blah. Like I wanted something new and different and exciting. I want to be excited by what the hell I'm talking about. I don't want to just talk about the same bullshit over and over again, you know? (laughs)
0: <laughs> I get it. I get it. So, well, I thank you for being one of your three exclusives, and we've now become friends. We chat on Instagram all the time, for sure. Um, okay, so we'll just we'll skip. We'll you do a quick beverage. You didn't Hills. do
1: your. You didn't do your thing. You were supposed to tell me. I've been sitting here waiting for the millionaire matchmaker story. Okay. You're about to give it to us, and then you jump topic.
0: <laughs> okay, before we get there, I promise it's coming. Let's just spend <laughs> three minutes on. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Okay. Which I know you've spit out a million times. So, okay. So just humor me. Because listen, the people want to hear from you. So yes, this amazing tea party. Then you came back on, you know, you were Taylor's friend. So season two, you were officially Taylor's friend. Here you are.
1: Right. But I didn't come on because of Taylor. You didn't. No, I was casted separate to Taylor. And then they found out the producers at Evolution didn't know I was on season one. (laughs)
0: <laughs> really? <laughs>
1: yeah. It was so stupid. They were like, oh, you're that Dana? Oh. So you
0: just like, they were just like, hey, we're casting for a friend of, and they talked to a lot of people and you just got the job.
1: No, Corey Feldman's manager was a good friend of mine and I was in Miami partying and he sent me the application to apply for the show. And I was like, you know, I've been on that show already. He goes, I know you be perfect. I know you're like the real deal. He's like, he was so excited because he didn't even want money or anything. He just was like, You're, you know, you are what they're trying to pretend all these people are. Like in real life, this is so perfect. And I was like, Okay. So, because I was, I had parties and stuff. I was kind of well known for, you know, socializing in LA and stuff. So anyway, so, so Scott, who I love, um, sent that application to me and I filled it in and I submit, submitted pictures. I did it all for Miami. And then they, um, they said, we really like you, you know, uh, but you got to come back right now. And I was like, no, <laughs> like, I'm just not doing that. I don't care because I didn't care about being on TV at this point. It was always like just a novelty thing, like doing right. it for Taylor. So um, I said, no, I won't. So then David, um, one of the producers said, okay, you know what? We thought about it. We'll wait. We'll wait for you to come back.
0: And then you went back. And then the next thing you know, you were on the show.
1: Yeah. Well, not that quick, but- Pretty quickly, yeah, they had already started shooting. So they were sort of anxious to, to get going. Um, I guess at that point they had decided they were gonna bring in two friends, which was Brandy and me, but I didn't know that. And no one knew that. All the housewives knew about me, but Brandy was like the grenade. Nobody knew, Brandy came from outside.
0: Did you know, did you know any of them before besides Taylor?
1: I had been familiar with Kyle, like from the neighborhood type thing and her family in Paris and Nikki and, you know, we used to go to some of the same parties. I was kind of like more hanging out with Paris's type of friends than- Oh my God, I love that. I know, I'm sorry, uh, but, you know. Did you um, ever hang out with Paris? Yeah, I did. Um, We used to go to this party, this guy named Jeff Green- He ran for governor anyway of Florida. Maybe you've heard of him. But um, at at one point in time, he wasn't as, you know, I guess conservative as he is now. And um, he used to have some of the best parties in LA. (laughs) And so I'd always see Paris and Nikki at those. And, you know, they were nice. Paris
0: Paris is a legend. Okay. Yeah, she's really cool. She was very, very cool. Any interesting Paris stories?
1: Um, yeah, that would be my, that would probably be the extent that I would extend my Paris stories.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So you're on the show now and like, what did you, so obviously your friends with Taylor. She's probably happier there, right?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, so they bring me on as her friend and I actually knew separate to that, that they were looking for someone for her to shoot with. Cause she had mentioned it to me as a friend. Yeah. Um, but I didn't you know, I guess I, I ended up being that person, but it was totally disconnected, which was really weird. And um, so, yeah, so I ended up starting to shoot the show and I had never done, you know, I had done a pilot before for another show called Life of the Party. But other than that, I hadn't really done anything like this. So I didn't really know what the hell it was. And I actually didn't watch season one. So I had yeah. no, no, I had no idea. Yeah,
0: and then there you are, season two. Besides, like, who did you who did you have the most like issues with, so to speak? Like, who did you bond with the most, like right away? And who were you like? I don't know. This isn't my type of person. I'm just so curious.
1: Well, when I first got on, I really connected with Kyle. Yeah. Um, right away, and um, and then I would say. Adrian I loved by the end of the season I loved Adrian I had heard of Adrian before I was on the show too she was well known in Beverly Hills but I had not really hung out with her ever um but like you know about people it's hard to explain like in LA you just kind of know about each other um and so but I really got to love Adrian by the end of the season um And I think if we had had more time together, that friendship would have evolved more. Um, I ended up loving Kim, um, but although we had this like really awkward um, beginning, (laughs) you know where I become Pam, game night. Yes. But um, Kim and I ended up, um, I really liked her. Uh, She was, I remember I had developed this like vitamin B shot um, and she like wanted cases of it and I brought it over to her house and she just was lovely, she's a sweetheart. Oh my God. Uh, um, Yeah. And then who else? I didn't hook, I didn't like, I I hung out with Lisa, but it was always like, she's very difficult to know or be around. She's like a great hostess, but she's very like difficult to connect with. Um, And um, I couldn't stand Brandy, just could not stand Brandy from the beginning.
0: Thanks for tuning in to part one of our sit down with $25,000 sunglasses, Maven, R-H-O-B-H's one and only Miss Dana Wilkie. We covered it all with Erica and Tom, haven't we? But stay tuned for part two. We're going to talk more about Erica and Tom. And then enough of that. Let's talk about Dana. Let's talk about how she reinvented herself, how Her podcast is great. Her Instagram page, if you guys seen her Instagram page, she's like a super freaking spy. She knows everything going on in the Bravo world and she gets the dirt. She's literally should be a private investigator. And of course, we talk about the $25,000 sunglasses. Where are they from? What brand? Why did she buy them? Everything we need to know, were they a gift? We talk, of course, about Taylor Armstrong, old school, R-H-O-B-H from when Dana was on it. What are her thoughts on the current cast? Oh, we got lots of random stuff we're about to discuss. Stay tuned for part two of our sit down with Ms. Dana Wilkie. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, go to cameo and book me on cameo and you can ask me anything there i'll answer whatever you want and i have a bargain basement price of ten dollars thank you guys see you soon